Y'all know this ain't my music. Y'all know this ain't my music. My God, Kanye. I, you know, I haven't finished Donda. I haven't finished Donda yet. I, I have not finished it, but everything I've listened to, I've enjoyed it so much, man. I, I, I call it Kanye's musical masterpiece, right? I, I just think it's just a great composition of music. Now, is it the best rapping I've ever heard from Kanye? Absolutely not. But I don't look to Kanye West for great rapping anymore. I mean, I look to him for just like, just a great, just great music, you know, just the, the, the production, the, the instrumentals, the, 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 the intermingling of different beats and samples and features and all of that stuff. That's what I look for from Kanye. But you know, this is not a music podcast. We don't break down albums. We don't do none of that stuff. We, but, but you know, we do like that. Did, 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 did. Did, did, did. We, we off, off the green, 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 green. I'm just playing with y'all, but hey, 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 it's the B. Baby. And I'm back. And I'm back yeah baby i'm back we got a great show for y'all playing today man uh we're gonna open up talking about um are you protecting your peace or hiding from reality crazy covid ish we're gonna talk about this fragmented society that we live in tradition is overrated tradition is overrated jesus christ first stutter less than two minutes in talking too much politics everyone deserves a check second chance i know my worth and then i'm gonna close it out with What's the point of booing? I have a few more topics up here that we may get to, depending on how time goes. Uh, we're just going to fill it out, you know. I always do more topics than I, I plan for more topics than I actually do. So let's get into it. So yesterday I'm scrolling on the socials, and I see a great post by, by the big homie Faith, right? Okay, I thought I had to burp. Anyways, I see a good post by the big homie Faith, and it's it's talking about, and the post says, it's like, are you protecting your peace, or are you hiding from reality? Look at that. Like, this is why I need somebody to, to spell check for me, because I done came out here, I done put this up here, and are you protecting your peace, your peace, or hiding from, are you protecting your peace or hiding from reality? Okay, so I'm good, I just can't read. Got it, right? So are you protecting your peace or hiding from reality? I, I think that's a very, very important question in today's climate. Because so often we find people who are trying to escape their responsibilities, people who will not accept confrontation, people who will just remove themselves from a challenging situation, and their answer is, well, I'm protecting my peace. I, are you protecting your peace or are you using that as an excuse not to confront an issue that's in your face? Because I think it's important to protect our peace when possible. But I'm going to be honest with you, and this may not be the most, uh, you know, well-received comment, but I, I don't put protecting my peace at the forefront of my priorities. And I think you have to be in a very privileged place in life in order to do that. 
I've talked about that on its platform, you know, that valuing your mental health is very important, super important. But making your mental health like your single most important priority is only allowed for those who are financially uh, able to do that. Those who have the leverage within their industries to do that, because a lot of us can't just do that because uh, today is the first. Guess what's due today? Rent. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of you can relate to that. So let's get back to this post here, though, because oftentimes the people that I see who always talk about protecting their peace are those who fear confrontation, those who like to live in an echo chamber, those who tend to associate themselves with people who won't challenge them. They only hang out with people who just console them, you know. Sometimes you need to be consoled and other times you need to be challenged. But the important part is understanding the balance of protecting your peace and living in reality. Don't get me wrong. We all make decisions to protect our peace. You know, I I can think of... um, you know, when you when you withdraw yourself from a person, when a relationship has ran its course, whether it's in a, a, a physical, emotional relationship, an intimate relationship with someone that you've dated or with a close friend or even with a coworker, you know, um, you make decisions at times that protect your peace. You know, if if there's a work function and you understand that after drink three, uh, 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 Brad and, and, and Kelly start to asking you all these weird questions that make you super uncomfortable. You know, okay, here's, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go, but after about an hour, we're going to get up out of there. We're going to have a beer, and then we're going we're gonna to hit the road, Jack, and we ain't coming back. Because if we do, we understand where the conversation can go and how uncomfortable we may be in, in that, right? And again, we want to protect our peace. See, that is protecting your peace and living in reality. But what I so often see on social media is that once your your reality or once you what you think about yourself is challenged, you then want to protect your peace. And I go, well, are we sure there? Are we sure that you're actually protecting your peace? Because you may be trying to live in a peaceful fantasy land, right? But the fact is, when you actually come back to reality, you're not going to have any peace of mind because your peace of mind has been stolen, taken from you because you've been protecting your peace for so long that, you know, your peace is broken, right? Your peace is in pieces. You don't have the resiliency, the calluses, right? Because the, the ideals that you live by, the, the, the set of rules that you live by have not been challenged because you've only been around yes men and yes women, right? You've only been in an echo chamber and you've not had to have the proper conversations, the proper confrontation to help you find peace in your peace, right? See, that's the thing. That's the thing. In order to find peace in your peace, You have to have your peace challenged. You have to live in reality. You have to have somebody that you know, uh, that you know, and that you care about to tell you that, hey, bro, I can't get with that. That doesn't make sense to me. And and, and you'd be like, well, that's not my problem. That's a you problem. And they'd be like, I can't go for that. No, no can do. And I'm like, well, I don't need you to go for it. I can. 
it's 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 my reality, right? And, and and when you find comfort in your reality, you don't have to worry about protecting your peace because your peace is safe in his arms. You hear me? Safe in his arms, all of that. Yes. So if you are sincere about protecting your peace, you're not going to run from reality. You're going to live in reality and understand living in living in reality is that your peace is going to be tried and challenged, but you have to develop the skills in order to protect your peace. And that skill is not always run and hide. Now, you know, I haven't talked about COVID on here much in a, a long, long time, just because I think it's cheap content. I think it's an easy way to to get to get likes. It's an easy way to get listens. It's an easy way to get clicks. And I also don't have strong opinions on COVID. Believe it or not, I, I just don't because it's still such an unknown to me. Like, I've had it. It sucked for a few days or it, it was not. A great experience for a few days. It was absolutely terrible. But I mean, there's worse things that's happened to me. But there's also like better things. So like it's it's real. Now, how did I contract it? No idea. Not even gonna try to figure it out. Um, y- you can only contact Trace so much when y- you you go out in public. But once I understood, you know, the lethality of COVID. I was like, okay, I'm going to be precautious to a certain degree. I'm going to take precaution. I don't think precaution. I don't even know if precaution is a word. Like, what the hell is wrong with me? But I'm going to take. I'm, I'm going to take the the necessary steps to be safe while living a, amongst this thing. But I'm not going to derail my life for uh, COVID nineteen. So I, I, I've seen some crazy stuff, and I'll tell you what. One of the things that's bothered me the most is the media on their high horse about COVID. Now, full disclosure, if you want to take the vaccine, take it. I have, and I have no problem saying that out here. If you do not want to take the vaccine, don't. Do what works for you. But I also understand that private entities and even public entities can tell you that in order for you to be a part of this organization, you must be vaccinated. I'm not saying it's the it's the approach that I would go with my business, but I don't own a large business. So if I'm going to protect my business interest and protecting my business interest means requiring my employees to be vaccinated because, um, you know, it decreases the 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 uh, the chances that people will be negatively affected by this virus, then. I can't knock a business for doing that. Can't knock the hustle. But what I can do is I can have a strong opinion on those who have strong opinions for the people who willingly accept that risk and they live with it, right? Now, for those of you who don't want to be vaccinated and you're at your jobs protesting, uh, saying that you can't make me vax, hey, have at it. And if you all can unite together, you get a large enough group of people who don't want to be vaccinated and you can get your company to flip its policy, then have at it. But my question to you would be is why? Like, what is your reason for not taking it? 
And if your reason is that I don't know the long-term effects of it, I would ask you, well, what do you eat on a day-to-day basis? What other prescription medicines do you take? Talk to me about your lifestyle. And, and are you cautious with every decision that you make within your life to ensure that you know the long-term effects of those decisions? If your answer is no, I'm going to go. So then what's the difference between you and this COVID vaccine? Like if, if, if you're like, Hey, if you're out here having raw sex with, with randos, I, 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 I got low tolerance for hearing. Oh, I don't know what's in that vaccine. Yeah. You don't know what's in the bottom of that woman either, but you still with him. And I think having a child with somebody that you may not know or somebody who you're not really closely, uh, 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 uh linked to, could be worse than having COVID in some cases. Obviously, there have been fatal cases of COVID and having a kid is not worse than dying. Obviously, you know. So, for those of you who have taken it and you feel so strongly about it, what do you care if someone else doesn't take it? How about you mind your business How about you get off of your high horse looking down on somebody who does not want to do what you've done? You know, there is a sheep mentality here that this vaccine could feed into. I'm not saying that it is like I'm not calling anyone a sheep for taking it. We all take it for our own reasons, whether it's mandated, whether we believe in it or where we or whether or not we just did not want our liberties to be infringed upon because we knew that it was going to eventually become a requirement. Let's not forget about the required vaccines that you have to take in order to attend school. Like this is this is not new, right? It's just something that you've watched. And yes, the vaccine was developed faster than most, but we were in the middle of a global pandemic. It's 2021 now. It was developed in 2020. What in the world do you expect? Like, I'm sorry, technology gets better year after year after year. So why would we not expect our our medical people, our medical nerds, the people who study these things and come up with solutions to our issues to move faster than they did in the past. I, I think that's a positive thing. Again, I'm not trying to make this a pro or anti-vax conversation because I am pro-choice. I am pro-do whatever it is that you want to do. I am not Texas. I am not going to tell people that it's all about their freedom of of expression, their rights, and and, and the Constitution, and then tell women that you can't have an abortion. Like, I'm not Texas. I'm not going to do that. I'm the big baby, and I'm going to tell you, you do what works for you. Because I'm definitely going to do what works for me. And I think that, you know, if we get into a place where we accept that we're just going to do what works best for us and you hold people to that standard, I, you probably you probably probably will be less disappointed with the, with others. But here's why I want to talk about this. For one, again, I'm tired of especially the liberal media on their high horse like, oh, my God, how could you not be vaccinated? <laughs> Man, shut up. But I saw this post on on the the gram of Insta's Instagram, right? And it goes, Indiana woman sues over a dozen businesses for discrimination due to mask wearing requirements, including the CDC, Krispy Kreme, AMC Theaters, and Sephora. And to go along with that, I saw a post in a group that I'm a part of where uh, someone was asked about people protesting outside of a hospital. And one person said, this is a free country and you can't make people do that. Whoa, 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 whoa. 
got to stop this now. Okay, we absolutely have to stop this now. If you want to go uh, um, on the hipper route and try to say like, like, no, nah, bro, we need to know like people don't need to know my vaccination status because you don't ask about my vaccination status for anything else. Okay. You got a valid argument there. Like nobody's saying like, Hey, are you HIV positive right now? If you're HIV positive, uh, you can't come in here. Sorry. Uh, no, no can do. But at the same time, there are laws that if you have a sexually transmitted disease and you do not disclose that to a partner, then you can go to jail for that. Right. So if a organization, an institution wants to say that, hey, if you're not protecting yourself from a from a contagious virus, to me, it falls in the same bucket. Right. Am I right? Like, I I, I don't know, but that's that's kind of what what I take from it. But, uh, you know, me, that could be a hot take. So. Woman. Let's just say this this woman's name is Karen. We're going to say Karen in in Indiana. Who the hell do you think you are to sue a business for discrimination because they have a stance against um, a a, a, a medicine that they want you to take, a, a vaccine they want you to take? Here's the thing. Just don't patronize the businesses. That's all you have to do. If AMC is going to make you be vaccinated or make you mask up, then, then then don't go to AMC. Wait for the movie to come out on streaming services and buy it. You know, it, it, go go to Regal. <laughs> go to the drive-in movie. Like, like how are you going to tell somebody how to run their business? That's like me trying to tell you how to run your house. Hey, 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 I don't really like where you're putting the table, where you putting the the, the, ta- the plates at right now. Uh-uh. It's not going to work for me. We're going to move the plates over here. All right, yeah, move the plates over there and we'll, and we'll be better, right? No, 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 that, that's not how this works. If I want you to be of a certain status, hell, like people, I'm not wearing a mask anywhere. I'll do whatever I want. Okay. But you won't do the same with your shirt or your or your pants, right? You don't want to walk around naked. You ain't going to walk around naked because somebody might judge you. You're afraid of what people might say about the, the parts that you're hiding. Well, maybe you need to hide your face because we don't want to see that one either. That's a joke. But seriously, no shirt, no shoes, no service, man. It's the same thing, man. No mask, no shoes, no service. No mask, no vax, no service. You know, it's crazy because it's, these are the same people, the people who are mad about the forced vaccinations by, by different companies. The people who are mad about the forced mask wear are tip are some of the same people who are upset about the, the baker who did not want to bake the cake for the gay couple, right? Now, for me, I say, well, it's well within that baker's rights not to bake that cake for that couple. Like, if you don't want to bake the cake, don't bake the cake. And hell, if you don't want to bake a cake for y'all, take your business elsewhere. He obviously don't want it, so why y'all gonna force him to? Why y'all gonna force him to take your money? Or her to take your money? But yeah, I, 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 I you know. But now when. Something's being taken away from you that you want to do that's impeding your ability to function freely. 
You're like, oh, discrimination. Man, don't get me started on discrimination. We can do a whole podcast series on discrimination. I could probably come in here and talk about discrimination for a year for every podcast and fill up all of my time. But I'm not going to do that today. No can do now. I can go for that. So here's what I tell you about all of this crazy COVID issue. I don't know the answer. Don't know if they're the right answer, but I will say just um, relax. And if you want to do something somewhere and they have COVID rules, well, you follow them or you do not get the opportunity to reap those benefits, man. And if you are vaccinated, good for you. Don't throw it in other people's faces because they're not. That doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't make you better. It just makes you vaccinated. Fragment of society. Torn into pieces. So, man, I was watching Bill Maher. Cheers. So I'm back to watching Bill Maher weekly. And, and what I forgot is that I pulled so many topics from watching Bill Maher. I, I, my process, you know, I talked about trusting the process last week. And I saw that how I've since I've moved to different places, my process has changed. Like I don't consume the same information. I don't consume it at the same rate uh, as I once did. And sometimes, you know, I find myself like, what are we going to talk about today? Like, am I consuming so much sports that I can't talk about like current events or other things that I find interesting or, or relevant? So. I'm listening. I'm listening to Bill Maher, and he's talking to his panel about America becoming more fragmented than ever, saying that we are a fragmented society. And I asked the question: Are we more fragmented today than we've ever been, or are we just more aware? Has society really been split at its seams, or have we been living a lie so long that now the truth is coming out, and we don't like what we see? And maybe I shouldn't say we, maybe I should say y'all, because it tends to be a certain group of people who are bothered by changes in society. Now, I understand and I accept the Internet has closed the distance from person to person. The world has gotten much smaller from the Internet. But one could argue we've become more distant from one another. Because of our ability to express ourselves freely on social media. And for many reasons, that can draw a wedge, create a wedge in between people. Because on social media, you can get your thoughts off freely without being challenged. You can get your thoughts off freely without the threat of somebody punching you in your face. You can say whatever you want on social media then put your phone down and you never knew what was said or what happened because of your initial action. Now, I can also say that social media has created more of a divide because now we don't talk to each other. We, we talk at one another. And if we were in front of one another, we would talk to each other instead. Because it's harder to talk crazy to someone or talk crazy about someone when they're in the room. But 
I also think that we've become more tribal. I think what social media has allowed people to do is find more like-minded individuals who share beliefs that may not be mainstream acceptable beliefs because once you put certain thoughts out there, you can find people who are not in your day-to-day life that identify with you and support where you're coming from. So just as much as the internet and just as much as social media and as we want to say that society is more fragmented, is more spread apart, in some ways we are closer. And I don't know if we're closer or further. I'll just say I think we're more tribal. And I think that we have more honesty and we have more transparency. And, 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 and if order for us to become a better society, in order for us to create the type of change that we say we want to see in our world, I think we have to start living in our truths and stop living in a lie. Because it's easy to say that, oh, yeah, we've got the problem resolved when we never talk about the things that create the problems, right? If we're not going to talk about our differences in religion, if we're not going to talk about our differences in politics, if we're not going to talk about our differences in in the handling of race relations, right? If we're not going to talk about our differences in police in, 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 in criminal justice reform, if we're not going to talk about our differences in, 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 in education, if we're not going to talk about our differences in finance, right? If we're not going to talk about our differences, we can never find a solution that we truly can 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 come to because we've never got to the root of the problem. It's like, hey, look, if you got acne on your face, you can throw on some foundation to cover it up. And you can make lead people to believe that you have flawless skin, but in order to have flawless skin, you got to take that makeup off. You got to start washing your face. You got to do some scrubs. You got to drink some water. You got to find you a good face serum and take good care of your skin, you know? Now, you can cover it up, and that's what we've been doing for so long. That's what those who are in that seat, those who are in that seat of power, have been comfortable doing for so long is covering it up instead of just taking the makeup off, washing the face with some nice, with a nice facial wash, throwing on a nice serum, doing a nice little scrub every uh, once a week. You know, uh, we don't want to do that. No, 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 no. But I think a lot of that is because so much of what we do is rooted in tradition. But but, but before we get to tradition, I just want to say that we need to keep on keeping on, right? We need to keep having these uncomfortable conversations because in order for us to get to a common ground, we got to talk about the things that Make us uncomfortable. Like, uh, there's nothing worse than than cancel culture because in cancel culture, you can't put out an unpopular opinion, an unpopular, like, 
thought process to be educated because you're expected to be a whole figure, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where we're at. But honestly, if we just step out of our tribes and, and, and we go across the aisle, we, st- we stick our arms across the aisle, I think that we can get to this form of national unity that people are looking for. You know, so much of, of this national unity conversation, right, we, we see it pop up when something catastrophic happens. You know, if we have a really bad storm that tears up a part of the country, you know, prayers for those in the Louisiana area, right, or if there's an attack on on members of this country or this country, prayers for those who were lost in Afghanistan, you know, uh, you look at 9-11, right? Something like 9-11 that, that, that galvanized the country. But here's the thing. It did not really u- unite us like people think it does, right? Have you ever gone to like a, a retreat? You know, I- I'll use the religious retreat as an example. Like I remember when I was um, in high school, I went to like two FCA camps in the summer, FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Like I went to football camp and I went to leadership camp in the same summer. And like I was on fire for God. Like I rededicated my life to God. I did this, that, and the third. And that's because that was the environment that I was in. But the second I got back into reality, I quickly reverted back to a lot of my 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 ways and I remember being challenged by somebody super close to me like how you gonna say you gave your life back to God but you are not living a life that appears to be one that reflects that for one I should have said you don't know my walk with God mind your business but two it was actually like an eye-opening conversation It helped me put things into perspective. It helped me say, hey, we can't get too high. We can't get too low. Even when we have these spiritual and emotional highs, we have to be able to take a step back from them and realize what it is, right? So when a travesty happens to America, we get on these spiritual, we get on these these emotional highs, right? But then a week or two, a month or so pass, a year passes, and we get right back to where we were. So for the crowd of people who thinks that we're actually united as a as a nation, we are entitled, but not in practice. And I asked the question, should we be united? Is it necessary or is it OK to live in our tribes, live in our tribes and, and, and function that way? Obviously, you know, I'm not one who says live in your tribe be, uh, of, of comfort without being challenged. No. But when you're talking about a country with, you know, I don't know what the population of the United States is, like over 100 million. Let's see. What's the population of the United States of America? 21. The population- oh, so, so 300, over 332 million people, right? Can you really get 332 million people on the same page? No, I don't think you get 332 people on the same page. Probably can't get 32 people on the same page. You might be able to get two or three on the same page, and that's okay. I just think that we need to get past this this idea of good and bad, right and wrong, and accept that 80% of people can fit on the spectrum somewhere together, and then there's going to be 10 on one side, 10 on the other side that just don't fit in, and we have to be comfortable alienating that 20%. But we talk about tradition. 
And I talked about how, you know, the group of people who seem to be uncomfortable by this change in society, you know, this 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 people who are voicing their their thoughts on topics that we were taught not to talk about. You know, the ones that can create a divide. It's like, well, you are left, I'm right. We should not like why do I dislike you? Just like you've been left and right this whole time and we were fine until I knew it. Stupid, right? But it is what it is. This is the world that we live in. But these people, their traditions are being broken of of not talking politics at the dinner table, not talking religion, you know, not getting into the the topics that you're truly passionate about. And and here's my beef with tradition, because don't get me wrong. I think it is important to understand history, accurate history, right? But how often is tradition or the application of tradition positive, right? Just just think about organizations who pride themselves on traditions, on their traditions. Uh, Tradition is typically closely linked to hazing, typically close to mistreatment of those who are in a lower position who can't help themselves. And it is sold to those individuals as tradition. And once you go through this, you become part of the group. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not opposed to shared hardship. I firmly believe that shared hardship makes some of the best relationships in this world. Some of my best friends have come from shared hardship. But if you're if 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 you're trying to accomplish a goal, if you're going through a process, right? And I say, hey, why do we do this? They go, well, it's tradition then it's probably toxic because traditions tend to be toxic and we use the word tradition in order to validate it, in order to give it strength, in order to give it power, in order to give it leg, then we let it just walk all over the people that we claim to love, you know? Like I, I, I look at certain organizations that people join and they haze you to death, they treat you like garbage, and then after you 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 go through that process and you understand the tradition, you become one of them. Well, why did I have to go through all that just to be your friend? That doesn't make sense to me. And I mean, I went to Morehouse College and we have a bunch of traditions there. And and when you first get there, you you kind of eat it up, you soak it all in. You're 18 years old, you don't know anything about life, and you go, oh wow, yeah, this is Morehouse tradition. There you go. Anybody ever thought about this stupid-ass tradition? This shit dumb. The hell we doing this for? You know? <laughs> Let's be like, bro, 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 bro. Traditionally speaking, this tradition is whack. But you know what? Another tradition that's been broken is, is talking politics, right? We used to never, ever talk politics. And now I feel like we talk too much politics. Again, I took this t- I took this from Bill Maher because they were talking about comedy and how comedy has become so intertwined with politics. And don't get me wrong, I think that it's important to talk about politics and comedy because there is a a, a group of people 
who do not receive politics in its normal day-to-day space, but they understand it better through comedy. I think comedy is the key to people's hearts. Uh, comedy was my initial approach with this podcast, and then somehow I just got I just strayed away from, and I don't know what in the world happened. I became a serious yeller. But no, like we 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 talk too much politics, right? And and I agree. Sorry, I I, I turned my thing off. I, I truly agree that we talk too much politics. Like I used to watch all the late night. The late night monologues. I'm not going to promise you I'm going to watch the whole show. Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, Seth Myers. That's just for Seth. But and Trevor Noah, you don't even get you don't even get your, your your name dropped on here. Sorry, dog. But we all they do is talk politics, and and it's not good. You know, it's like, hey, can you make a joke without talking politics? And here's my thing about politics. I don't think we should start a conversation with politics. But we should not be able to engage in a political conversation when when it arises. But I also think politics is one of those things that should be talked about less because most people don't really know that much about politics because they have a life and they don't have time to watch C-SPAN. You know, because what you're getting on MSNBC, CNN, and 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 Fox News is all for ratings. So, like, how valuable is that information? Like, you know, uh, you don't have the opportunity to go on the hill and see what they're doing uh, uh on the hill to get a direct to get the direct answers on what's going on in politics and god forbid you try to engage with your local politicians because people act like local politicians don't even exist they want to have conversations about national politics where local politics are what truly affect your your day-to-day actions right but we talk too much politics man and and the problem with us talking too much politics it goes back to our fragmented society because we've become so so tribal that we can't even have a nuanced conversation about politics right we'll get to arguing uh, uh, about a person that we put all of our faith in who doesn't know us and only says nice things to us for a vote. Like when you look at, when you look at Afghanistan, you, you, the previous administration talked about pulling out and they did not. I'm not saying they're right or wrong for that. I don't know. Excuse me. The current administration pulled out. Now there are people who supported the pullout two years ago, but now they say, leave it in. It's like, Hey, are we, are, are you trying to, Make this a one-night stand or you trying to get pregnant. You know what I mean? At first you told me to pull out. Now you're telling me to leave it in. Is it that good that you want me to leave it in? Or do you have bad intentions on asking me to leave it in you? Because if your reason for wanting me to stay in is just because the if just because you wanted somebody else to 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 I don't know how much I see. I was trying to do something like if if your purpose of making me leave it in is because you want to make my life hell and you want to put this baby on me when you didn't apply the same pressure to that person who you cared about and you don't even care about me. I'm just I'm just a rebound. What changed?
What changed? Because you used to be a fan of the pullout. Not saying that you can't be a fan of pulling out, but if you're going to go from being a fan of pulling out to being a fan of leaving it in or staying in, then I, I, I need an explanation. But yes, we talk too much politics because people become defined by their political beliefs. But here's the thing. So much of the politics that we talk, the national politics, man, that, that don't mean not much of anything to anybody in their day-to-day lives. And it takes me to the 80-20 rule. Shout out to Wayne. It, it, it has us focusing on the 20% that we disagree on instead of the 80% that we can actually agree on. That can actually bring us to unity. unity that can actually help uh, uh, cement this fragmented society. You know, if you if you just think about it, man. Just think about it. Why would we focus on the stuff that we hate when we can focus on the stuff that we love? Don't get me wrong. The conversations on things that we disagree on, those are important conversations to have, but they're not the only conversations that we should have. But everybody wants to talk politics, and the thing is, most of these people don't even know what they're talking about when it comes to come to politics, right? So now we're going to just take a totally, 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 totally different approach we're gonna get into some relationship type stuff okay so let me just like let one more button down and relax a little bit because i've been a little been a little bit of serious you know where where we at man we balling big baby so I, i i i hear this quote and i see this post often on stories right I know my worth. And my initial question is, do you truly know your worth? Or have you overvalued yourself as an asset? Because you can be worth a certain dollar figure to yourself. But you can't pay for yourself. Somebody else has to buy you. So if the market dictates that you are a $30 asset, even though you value yourself as a $100 asset, guess what? If you want to be sold, you will sell for $30 because nobody's trying to pay $100 for you. The market dictates value. Now, I'm not telling you that you can't have your own self-respect. You can't have your own standards. You can't have your own morals, all of that stuff. You can stand on whatever principles you choose to stand on. But understand that worth is external. Worth is determined by bidders. Work is determined by the external factors, the external beings that want to acquire the asset. Now, do I think a woman is just an asset? Like, I don't look at a woman like a damn stock. I don't. But you can draw the parallels to ensure that we get to the right point. Because here's the thing for you. I know my worth as people, right? Why are you so regularly on the value then? If you know your worth, why do you accept less? 
Because by accepting less, you tell me that you are worth less than what you say you are. See, if I tell you that I ain't shit, right? And that means, hell, I'll deal with what I deal with. But if I tell you I'm a king and I will be treated as such, well, the second I'm not being treated like a king, I'm supposed to move on and step away, right? Queen, queen, you know your worth. Oh, well, I mean, do you really know your worth? Because I'm telling you, the market dictates, and maybe you really don't know your worth. Maybe you overvalue yourself. And and I'll tell you, man, like, self-awareness rarely ever abides in oneself. Most people overvalue who they are or they undervalue who they are. A lot of people don't have a good grasp of who they are in this world and what they mean to other people and, and what their relative value is. And I think it's super, super duper, super duper important for people to come to grips with who they are and where they stand. Hey, I ain't Fabio. That's okay. I'm Adam. I'm the B baby. Huh? So because I know that I, I try to treat myself as such, but I'm not going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about you because that's what I do here on this platform. Like know your worth. What are you worth? You know, and, and, and on the same topic, man, I, I, I was, I saw a post and it kind of made me cringe and it kind of falls into that same category. It was like, tell me you like me every day. I be forgetting. And I'm all about, you know, understanding your love language, your love language. Like I get it. Like some people need words of affirmation to know that they are truly loved by the person that they're with. Let me tell you something. I'm here, right? I'm talking to you. I'm spending time with you. I'm spending my money on you. I, 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 I'm, I'm loving you. I'm loving on you. Loving in you. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm here. I think it's nuts for you to expect me to say, hey, baby, you know, I like you today. And I'll remind you again tomorrow, girl, I still like you. Ooh, wee girl, I like you more than I like putting on shoes every day when I walk outside on that hot ass low. Girl, you know I like you more than a bath after the gym. Girl, you know I like you more than water after a run. Girl, you know I like you more than a lime after tequila. Girl, you know I like you better than bourbon. And I love my bourbon. Now, you want me to do that every day? So what happens if I tell you I like you, but I don't show you that I like you? Does that suffice? Does that keep you happy? Or what if I show you that I like you, but I don't often tell you because that's not my bag? Does that cradle, crater the relationship? I mean, obviously, the easy answer is balance, and we do, and we try to find balance in those types of decisions. But let's just be honest here, man. I think that people come into relationships looking from diff looking for different things, but it's never truly communicated what each person desires from the relationship. 
and maybe just that's my my relationship past and the and the terrible the terrible uh communication skills that i i embody <laughs> or that i've encountered but i truly think that people come into relationships looking for different things and from conversations that i have with my fellows my homeboys conversations that i have with women and and, and i realize that there's truly a difference, man. And look, don't don't take this the wrong way. But oftentimes, I I see women who don't really have friends the same way guys have friends. You know, y'all's friendship circles are much more tight. You know, and a lot of times they're they're fluid. You know, your friends are the friends of your partners, uh, of your partner's friends, and that's and that's okay. So I I'm like, what I often see is. You have one group of people who are looking for a relationship who are looking to be made whole. And then you have others who are already made whole and are just looking for the cherry and the whipped cream on top. And now when you find somebody who is looking for the same thing, it all makes sense. But then when you have somebody who's trying to be made whole, but you're already whole and you're just at looking to be enhanced, uh, you run into issues because, see, although they enhance you, you're not feeling their whole the way you're supposed to be to make them whole. Right. And I don't know who's wrong here is the person who's looking to be made whole wrong, because, I mean, I firmly believe that we were all put here to have a partner. Uh, uh, we were not put here to live alone, but I feel like we should be comfortable in our own skin and, and, and be comfortable with the person that we are to operate alone. I could be wrong, but what do I know? Because I was having a conversation about this and maybe I didn't articulate myself well. And I would love to re-engage on this conversation where we actually just like, you know, give our points back and forth because I, when I said it, I was told I was copping out and it's the same type of cop out of saying that all dudes ain't shit. And I go, well, no, that's not how I see it. But again, I'm a dude. So that may be maybe where I'm wrong because I, I, I know countless guys who girls would trip about, Hey, y'all hang on with your homeboys. What, what about me? My friends are more fun. <laughs> I like hanging out with my friends more. Here's the scary one. I see my friends as a more permanent relationship. Let me say that again. I see my friends as a more permanent relationship and i think that is the issue i think that people's inability to be to go all in on their relationship the same way they go all in on their friendships is the problem because your relationship should, ju should just be a another friendship right it should be. But we often put our relationships into a whole nother basket and we don't use the skills that we use to nurture our best relationships 
to to nurture our relation our intimate relationships and, and it's crazy just think about that just think about how the effort you put in to ensuring that you and you and the guys you and the homies are, are, are good but you don't put in that same effort you don't use that same thought process in order to complete your partner to to make the relationship with your partner work and i think that's just a flaw in judgment you know because you you think a relationship is 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 temporary until it's permanent and because we're trying to protect ourselves because you know you don't expect your best friends to break your hearts but you expect to get your heart broken by that woman or that man that you may be attracted to but i think if we approached our relationships with the same confidence with the same with the same uh mindset as we approach our friendships maybe those relationships will be more fruitful maybe we should create a relationship uh, instead of creating it out of fear of losing the person or the person walking out on you we should create the relationship with the idea of looking to enhance it and make it better you know it's like There's a difference between coaching to win and coaching not to lose. And I think sometimes in our relationships, we play to not lose instead of playing to win because we're so afraid that if we lose, we're going to be devastated and we're going to be set back. And maybe so. Maybe you do get set back, but guess what? You get to reset. Reset, you know what I mean? So I think you should take that reset for what it's worth and 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 live your best life and not go back and forth with these in words live your best life and not go back and forth with these in words so we're at 53 minutes uh 54 minutes and honestly i think that's enough you know i i i i'm not gonna get in the trick daddy because he said he liked to get ate out and you know shout out to trick daddy you do what you do dog you know what i mean i don't understand why y'all care about what he does in his bed or in between his legs because if you ain't doing it it's not your problem but we may do a conversation like that on Patreon. I might have to get some people in here so they can talk about, you know, he's the founder of the Eat the Booty Gang. I, I'm not going to speak on that on this platform, but maybe we can touch it um, on Spotify. Um, lastly, I just want to say, hey, what's going on in Texas is messed up. You know, I did I did a pod on abortion. And I might actually um, uh, uh, just put that put that on the story just for people to to check it out because uh yeah bro your body your choice man texas i'll talk about freedom y'all talk about yeah y'all want to leave y'all want to be free from america but you don't want to allow your citizens to be free to make their own decisions man get out of here